Hey everyone, welcome to the Small Wins Podcast. I am your host, Dan, joined like always by Premiero host, numero uno, Ian. We are the Lee Brothers, <laughs> co-founders Thanks, of the Small Wins Academy. Uh, this podcast is a show, really, it's designed to give sales-minded entrepreneurs tools and strategies for internal and external business growth. And uh, first, as we get in, we'll get a special hello to our champs in the Small Wins Academy. I know a lot, of you, are gonna be, a lot of you are going to be jumping on the live stream right now. And you clicked on the episode maybe because we said that sales calls suck. And you were like, yeah, they do. <laughs> Actually, finally, I align with these guys in the way that they <laughs> communicate. Look, we all know that they suck. And actually, I think we could all agree on that they are dead. That sales calls feel dead. They feel like death. They have a stench to them. Now, in the academy, we've uh, gone through a few different iterations on ways that we train on sales calls because look at they're dead. They suck, but they still exist and we still have to close deals and we still do have to sometimes pick up the phone and dial and not just text. Ian has this fun idea that he teaches. I think it's a novel concept. It helped me learn a lot about making sales calls. And I know it's done a lot for the uh, champs in the academy and it's kind of lived in a few different iterations. But this uh, yeah. novel concept kind of brings back sales calls to life, um, makes them feel like they suck less, especially when we're doing them in the group setting, like how we do. And within this, there's this strategy really that transforms them into, uh, to quote Ian, as the most valuable part of your strategic partnerships, could be one of the most valuable parts of your business. And I said, no way, prove it. And he said, hit record. We're going to do a podcast on it. And I said, slow down. <laughs> we have other responsibilities right now. Let's wait till we do the live stream. <laughs> so, all right. So here we are. Thank you for the magnitude of setup there. So, you know, <laughs> we, I guess I got making me deliver now, but um, you're not wrong. Uh, sales calls definitely suck. And I also would say that you're not wrong. Like most of our listeners feel that, um, you know, calling on the phone isn't as effective as it used to be. It's dead in some capacity, right? And so yeah. if we could decide that those are truths, that sales calls suck, then, and that maybe phone calls themselves are, you know, kind of dead, then I think we could also agree on some some follow-on comments and declarative statements like thereafter, right? That the reason why, though, we still have this, like, yearning to try to figure out how to implement them into our businesses because we know that alone like just doing them alone they can like make a huge difference in our business and that somehow we also probably the opposite of that is true that we if we don't do them then we know that they you know can break us right like our business can fall apart and we're just not going to get stuff done and so what my encouragement is then to and like maybe this is we'll round out how to execute on the strategy maybe in a little bit as we walk through the through this conversation space but the reality is, is that if you have the opportunity to do them in a group that it super rocks and we call that uh we call it game of phones so we're gonna show you guys how to gamify and i'm gonna talk about that and hopefully you practice this on yourself you practice this with your team you practice this with potentially street partners i'll show you guys how but the foundation from that and like why you should be charged up to do that comes from a news flash right and that is the fact that no one loves sales calls i get it you are not special. I am not special. You are not unique. I am not unique. <laughs> we whoa, all, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we all dislike doing sales calls, but that's yeah. also why doing sales calls is so valuable. If you want to, if you want to cause dynamic and complete change for yourself, if you want to be revolutionary for yourself and for your business, then picking up the phone 
is the highway to that because so few of our competitors will do it. And it's how you're going to honestly crush your competition is, is just by picking up the phone. When I talk to top sales folks in any industry like vertical, they all crush the phone. And so I can hear it right now because I tell I have the exact same things for myself. All of the excuses on a daily basis as to like why I shouldn't be picking up the phone and making my calls. It can feel like a weight, this phone that we use in 1000 other ways every single day. It, it somehow magically begins to feel like 200 pounds when we think about it, utilizing it to make sales calls. I fall victim to that all the time. And I would then subsequently, though, invite you to consider this, this scenario. That what your current reality is, is a direct reflection of what you were doing 90 days ago when it comes to sales, for sure. So if you don't like where you're at right now, you wish you had more. You wish things were different, smoother, cleaner, more streamlined. Then what you did 90 days ago has a direct impact of like what you're experiencing right now. So if you don't want it, then maybe you'd make today the moment where 90 days from now, you can look back and say, man, I'm glad I finally made that decision to pick up the phone. It's not the greatest. We know that. And inside of the academy, we talk a lot about stoicism. And they would say over and over and over again that the most important thing to remember about pain and suffering is that it is inevitable. So you're going to experience the pain and the suffering of not having the deals closed that you want, or you're going to experience the pain and the suffering of just making the calls. Which one has a greater finish line? Well, the ones where you have the money in the bank. So maybe that's the one that we'd like to do. If the pain and the suffering is inevitable, if it cannot be avoided, then don't make it worse by fearing it. Don't amp up your anxiety about worrying, worrying whether or not it will come or wondering how bad it will be. One of my favorite quotes by Seneca, he's he's quoted, and anyone that studies stoicism at all like repeats this all the time. He says that we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality. The essential insight from Epictetus was kind of mirrored the same thing. It's not the things that upset us, it's our opinion about them that upsets us. And so if you don't like doing sales calls, you don't like you don't like making the calls, you don't like picking up the phone then maybe what we really just need to do is just change the opinion that we have about making the calls themselves. And that is where this strategy came from. And it doubles down on the belief, this other newsflash that we all kind of feel in the back of our head, which is that calling is dead. But the truth is sales calls aren't dead. Picking up a physical phone and physically calling someone is dead. If we change our opinion, it's the fact that the calls aren't dead. The concept of it is not dead. How we do them is what has changed. We all need to still be doing calls, but maybe actually picking up your phone, dialing someone's seven digits and ringing them up, probably 10 though, because most of us all have phone numbers that are in different area codes that we live in or vice versa. <laughs> I think that's, I think you're looking for a 13. 13. Yeah. yeah all right. International code. Wait, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, the truth yeah. is, Anywhere between 10 and seven digits what dan <laughs> i said anywhere between 10 and 17 digits probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess whatsapp's a little bit longer too but yeah so that you might have a verbal conversation to me i agree that concept is dead how we do them has changed i think now those types of conversations are happening over dms they are we're using voice memos instead of like the live ones right we're sending video messages instead. Those things are not dead. 
you guys hear this all the time from other folks, and I hear it uh, like incessantly from people. Oh, you know, fifty nine ways of integrating video into your sales like channels, right? Well, what are they really saying? They're not saying don't do sales calls. They're not saying don't pick up the phone. They're saying change change the way you want to do it. People are expecting video now, and they like that better than other things. So that's that's the news flash. Maybe you haven't had anyone emphatically tell you that yet. Sales calls are dead, man. <laughs> yeah, voice calls are, I think, actually dead. That's my that's my ethos. That's the way that I lead my charge. And we'll see how many people agree. Write down in the comments or maybe can't comment on this podcast. Let me know what you think, right? I think that calls as a concept is not dead, though. How we do them has changed. What I like to do, the strategy that we do in in in. in inside of the Small Ones Academy that I do with all of my sales teams is we figure out a way to gamify the process of making calls. We are intentionally making a game within the game so that we can help each other learn the skills without realizing that we've actually like laddered up. We lighten the circumstances around making those calls. Why is that valuable? Why many of you guys probably all played sports when you guys were growing up. I played a lot of baseball. My example here is we would do all these like baseball drills to see how many times that, you know, we could execute a specific like move. When I was playing outfield, my coach would hit me all these balls into the outfield and I had to field the ball and then throw it into a trash can that was sitting on home plate. And if I missed, he'd hit the ball again and I would do it over and over and over again. We made these little games. We always would cheer for each other when someone on the team, you know, made it into the, into the basket or maybe they missed it four or five times in a row. And now we're getting kind of, you know, jovially like joking with them. We made failure light. We lightened the load of the circumstances and so that the outcome wasn't necessarily as important as it was the reps that we were putting in. And so you might say, well, that's cute, Ian, but I'm not a teenager anymore. (laughs) Hey, Ian, that's cute, but I'm not a teenager anymore. Why is that still important? Well, it's because as adults, we still learn the ways that we learned then. Creating safe environments for yourself and for your team and for your maybe potentially, as we hear in a little bit, your strategic partners to learn skills puts you in a position of leadership, puts you in a position of subject matter expertise because you are the one that created that environment. And so if you can create that space and people enjoy the journey, not only will you become a better leader, but you'll be able to deepen your relationships with your strategic partners. And you might still be saying, you know, are we talking about sales calls? How am I like wrapping this into talking about strategic partners. We'll get there. But I'll tell you right now that I came to this strategy out of a moment of needing to do that disruption, desiring that revolution that we talked about earlier about how you want to change what you want in your business. When I let the burden of my life manifest itself into the reality of like my work, it often became too much to bear and I wanted it to change. And if that's how you feel about where you're at right now with your sales process and procedures, then like, hey, heads up, this is the moment for you to think differently. And when I was new, this hit me the hardest. When I was new as a mortgage agent, I was new. I had no stable like inbound like lead system or setup or process or procedure. And it put me into a spot where I became, I found myself in a funk. And when I was in that funk, I had an incredible amount of imposter syndrome. I was focused at that time on the gap of where I was and what I wanted 
and how far that gap was instead of looking at my life, changing my perspective, having a difference of opinion, like Epictetus would say to focus on, and looking at my gain, which was to say to look backwards and recognize all of these small things that I had done in the past that had proven to me that it could work and resting on that to recognize that if I'd made small adaptations and small steps forward, that I could live in the gain and realize that that was the foundation that I needed to have the courage to take the next step. And there began my thirst for the throne, we like to joke about, because what we did was this strategy, we named it and jokingly call it Game of Phones, right? So HBO, if you're listening, sorry, I'm stealing that. Also, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. So what do I mean? Well, we gamified the scenario. I gamified for myself making phone calls. I would join together with a few of my colleagues which then subsequently at some point in time turned into a few of my teammates. And we would do a group Zoom call together and we'd all make our phone calls on the Zoom. Everyone was on mute. So we obviously wouldn't have to hear each other like jib jab. And uh, in that period of time, while we were all on the Zoom call together, I got incredible amounts of encouragement to see a bunch of other folks that I respected, that I knew they wanted to also move the needle forward in their business, watch them execute, on the thing that they also hated as much as I hated. And I got a ton of encouragement from that. And they got encouragement from me for that. And every single time we got together, you know, sometimes some of us wanted to specifically just call the end consumer. Some of us wanted to just call strategic partners. That's fine. And we kind of tossed it up. Every once in a while, maybe we would do like a theme day or something like that. We just had a simple spreadsheet and we would track the outcome. Hey, how many calls did you make today? Hey, how many of those in the past like 90 days have turned into a sale or a lead or whatever the metric is that you want to measure that defines success for you? And together as a group, we celebrated our gain. And it started out small. Maybe we just cheered for the person who had been stuck in a rut, only being able to execute three calls. And guess what? Today on that Zoom call, they executed five. We met everyone in the place where they were at we didn't compare our numbers against each other. We compared them against ourselves so that we could see the gains that we were making. And we used that as the foundation from with which to take what was something that we really hated, that we knew sucked, aka sales calls, and flip them on their head, change our opinion about them, and turn them into something that we could execute on in a consistent manner. And that ultimately became a massive win a huge staple for the success that we experienced in our business. I think that's cool because one of the most important parts before you can even get to that, because, you know, I, when I hear you tell those stories of when you started doing this with your strategic partners, people on your team, it yeah. not only was a safe place that you had created, but start, you know, you reoriented your perspective and that's what built the safe space. And then the safe space became like a trampoline more or less. That wasn't just like a safe place to feel good but a safe place that was a springboard that had objectives that was measurable. So it wasn't just a cozy, comfy, feely spot. It was, all right, now that we've established ourselves here and feeling good and supportive, let's get aggressive and let's bring to life something that we truly loathe. Right. And it also created this space for me to say, hey, guys, you know, I, I am like, this is how I'm saying this and it's not working. Like, it doesn't feel like it's working. And other people on the call could be like, oh, man, I got you. Maybe what if you said it this way? Maybe you said it that way. We all had a common goal in there of, like, truthfully trying to connect with the folks that we were trying to make these calls with. And so it was great to hear those additional perspectives. 
And so here's what the strategy was. Now you kind of already know it was a Zoom call, right? But literally I just invited some of my strategic partners to do this Zoom call with me on a repeat basis. We got on the phones and I provided that environment for them to execute on that and I helped them be consistent. And here was the cool thing. I wasn't actually teaching them anything specific to make their sales calls better outside of helping them lead themselves to consistency. They committed to coming to the calls with me. That gave them the courage in that moment in time when we were on the call for 30 minutes or whatever to call people that they otherwise probably wouldn't have called during the week. That enhanced their capability of enduring and dealing with objections on the phone, over DMs, over voice messages, over videos that they were sending out. And that led to increased levels of confidence. Those increased levels of confidence allowed them to commit to making more and more calls. And at some point, that cycle, the four C's cycle that we talk a lot about inside of the academy, that just unlocks business. And so what happened then was the strategic partners that were coming to this call, their businesses began to grow. And I was the person that was hosting the call. And so now all of a sudden, they began to attribute an increase in sales in their businesses, not because I had taught them anything different other than to give them an opportunity to execute consistency. Their businesses grow and they thought that it was because, I mean, it was actually because of that call, but subsequently it was also because of me. And there's no greater way than to develop a deeper relationship with a strategic partner of yours than by helping them grow their own business. <laughs> right. Dan asked me before the call here today to go back and look at some of my old spreadsheets that we had from those original calls. And in the first 30 days of executing the strategy with four different strategic partners, okay, so there's five of us on the calls, we did these, uh, we did them um, two times a week. So that's where we started and then it kind of grew from there, okay? So when you guys are thinking about doing these, like this, setting this up for maybe a collection of either, uh, you know, coworkers for yourselves or with strategic partners, that's where we started was two days a week, but you could start with one day a week, I guess, if you wanted. But in these numbers, it was based on two days a week. I got uh, six referrals. It turned into three active deals. Of course, I, um, from a soft skill perspective, I, I crushed my anxiety. I discovered this like true sense of control and like kind of could see that I had a destiny that was, you know, laden with light, if you will, if I kept marching down this path. And it resulted in almost $2 million in loan value for me. So those of you that are on the call, if you could think about, you know, I said $2 million within loan value, that was, that was three active deals. How much business would three extra deals be worth to you right now in one month period of time? Could you commit yourself to a 30 minute call once a week, twice a week? That's only an hour a week that I did. That was four hours a month. The amount of revenue that I generated from that, that was the most impactful, highest grossing hour of my week when I did that. And then because I did it with strategic partners who thought it was novel and crazy and outrageous that I would want to share that space with them. Hold on. You guys have different customers than I do. Yeah, I know, man. But you know what? You also care about your business the same way that I care about my business. Why don't we do that together? Help them grow it as well. I love all the stuff that you're sharing. How much time should you block out for the gamification of these calls? Was good. Was what I was going to say. Yeah, totally. The next slide outlines that. that like you I said, when we first started, they were 30 minutes at a time. We did them twice a week. You could do it one hour at a time once a week. And I would encourage you to, to make space and time to discuss, you know, 
wins, like take 10 to 15 minutes at the very beginning of the call with your group to discuss wins <clears throat> since the last time you guys met. Then I would say everyone go on mute and then do 30 to 40 minutes of calls, you know, for yourself, go down your list. And then the last 10 minutes of the call, come back, review, track, and celebrate with each other how many numbers you had. And I would say as a strong level of encouragement, you know, focus on the lag measures not and lead measures of what you're celebrating, meaning how many deals were closed, how many actual calls did you make? And remember, were you saying the word call now to represent the communicative action, the DM, the voice memo, the voice message, the video message, right? And that's where we left it. So 10, 15 minutes to review stuff from before. 30 to 40 minutes to make the calls while everyone's on mute. And then 10 to 15 minutes at the end to review, track, and celebrate. So we call that strategy our game of phones strategy. And on the scoreboard, we created a scoreboard that you can track everything in this Excel spreadsheet. And um, Dan, let's make sure that we put down in the um, in the Show podcast notes. Notes below, we'll leave an example to the uh, to the Google Doc. We'll leave, we'll make a template so everyone can download that. So download the template in the notes below. But if you uh, you know, there's different point scoring systems, right? So text message is worth a specific point. Messaging a specific strategic partner is worth a number of points. If it leads to a deal or a specific lead, that's also worth a number of points. If it's a DM, um, it's, it's worth the same amount as the text message, all that stuff. So you can kind of track and see how things are working, but celebrate with each other. And I would encourage you to aim at getting 30 points in a week. So if you can't execute doing it two times, a, doing Game of Phones two times a week, you're only doing it once a week, encourage the folks that are on the call, say, hey, you guys can get to 30 points during the Game of Phones thing. That's fine. Uh, you know, finish it out, but make sure you're getting 30 points a week. And that point system becomes a little clear if you go download the uh, the spreadsheet itself, but you can change that up by all means. It's just, just like kind of how we've done it. And it's really worked out really well, like for me. The thing that's the most important is the momentum that it created. The relationships that were developed by having this period of time with each other, it became a thing that people really looked forward to, to, to attending. And so you might be thinking, how do I add value to my strategic partners? How do I add value to my teammates? How do I add value to my employees? And if they're involved in some capacity of being responsible in their set of tasks for the day, this, this game of phone strategy, man, isn't, it could be a game changer. So these strategic partners that I would do this stuff with, I was already trying to come up with ways to like meet with them once a week or once every few weeks, just kind of stay in touch. And now I got to see them every Thursday at 9 a.m. and filled up the relationship bucket with them to the point where, you know, it was in the zone of like what we all aspire to have with our strategic partners. Doing this inside behind closed doors with my team allowed me to create a safe environment for all of them to learn together and the camaraderie that came with that. So I'll just, just kind of sum up what we were talking about. We want to remind everyone that calls, if they are dead, they are still alive. And they're going to make a significant impact on your business and in your journey. And like Ian mentioned, we are living in a time where communication is often neglected because there is such a high amount of consumption digitally over messaging. We often feel locked up and shut down and unable to make it. But picking up the phone is going to differentiate you from your competitors. Ian mentioned at the top, which means a lot to me, is a video boy. You know, video is far more impactful. Sending little video messages to your clients, to your lead, to your partners. When someone can read a face, 
and see, hey, this is a really genuine connection. This isn't just someone, uh, you know, copy pasting a message to me. That can change a lot for your connection with your leads, et cetera. Yeah. And it's also really important to change our perspective on how we're communicating with the leads and why we're communicating with them. Making a safe space for us to be in a successful sales environment can really change the way we re reorient our mind. Embracing what Ian is always referring to the 4C cycle, unlocking true business potential and growth. It, it starts here and it starts here before we make those calls. Yeah, we love gamifying the sales call. As Ian mentioned, we'll have a link in the show notes for you to access a copy in Google Drive. Ian, you got any last words for our uh, champs out there? Yeah, just to remind you guys that it's not the things that upset us, it's our opinion about them. So if you've been hung up, I'm not wanting to make sales calls because you think that they suck. I'm here to tell you they do. So change your opinion on what they could mean for your business. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the gamification process that we talked about today could do just that. Are you in control of sales, business development, or growth for an organization or everything because you're in control of the entire company? What we know is there are no obstacles you'll face in your business and entrepreneurial journey that someone hasn't already solved. And you can find those people and solutions at the Small Wins Academy. Let's face it. Every successful organization started with just one person. So why not join our community of like-minded entrepreneurs who know that the cost of entry to the Small Wins Academy is more than worth the value that you'll receive. Seeing is believing. So go to smallwinsacademy.org now. Watch our video and let us show you how Small Wins Academy builds success.